How do you do, fellow kids, and welcome to Reskinned, a weekly episodic discussion of the star-studded and scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s, Skins. And on this episode, we'll be talking about episode two of series two, Sketch, Sketch. which was written by our good friend Jack Thorne uh, and directed by Aisha Raphael, who also directed the opening episode. Signature drink of today, and my God, we're going to need a signature drink. <laughs> Tonight, uh, we have an extra classy WKD pink gin flavour. Yeah, well, mm. I, I saw um, WKD Blue when I was in B&M Bargains picking up booze for this week's episode. You know, a WKD Blue was something that a lot of sort of straight boys would drink at my school, but I couldn't resist the, the pink gin flavour. So this episode opens on the estate that Maxie lives on, and I did really like that there's kind of more of a focus on class this series, yeah, uh, and more of a focus on working class characters. It does start with a classic Skins moment of somebody observing somebody else through a window. There have been plenty of windows and plenty of looking through windows this series already. Already. But it's somebody watching Maxie get dressed and it turns out that this person, whoever they are, has a wall full of pictures of Maxie and they're taking photos of him with a camera. This is our first clue that there's something of an unhealthy interest in in Maxie, this wall, this kind of serial killer (laughs) kind of wall of of pictures. So we get this moment of the character binding their chest with ace bandages, which is incredibly bad for you, and don't do it if if you can help it. Buy a proper binder, kids. And the character has been talked to by somebody through a walkie-talkie who was referring to them as Lucy. So yeah, we know that the episode itself is called Sketch and this is our focal character of the episode, Sketch, formerly known as Lucy. Where do you think the name Sketch comes from? Well, I think there's a couple of things. There's the idea of a sketchy character, like Mm. a suspicious or, you know, otherwise dubious character. Um, But there's also Sketch, like Maxi, like sketching. And I wonder if partly it's a kind of nod to that. It's quite interesting that Sketch even has a nickname because they don't seem to have any friends. Perhaps another meaning of Sketch then is like somebody who's like sort of sketched in like rather than being a fully developed person there uh come through english literature degree <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and the the pronoun situation i'm gonna use they them pronouns for sketch because i think their gender identity is sort of all over the place and i suspect or i feel like this is an early attempt at sort of gender diversity within skins i don't think a particularly successful one or a particular helpful one um but i do think it's worth flooring yeah obviously we've come up a long way in the last few years in terms of representation Mm. and in terms of you know people having a bit more of an awareness about pronouns and the range of kind of gender identity but the way that things pan out in this episode it is a little bit questionable, yes, <laughs> to say to the least. Say the least. <laughs> um, so Sketch is helping their mum. It turns out it's their mum that's shouting on them through this, what do you call those things, like a baby monitor kind of thing? So it's Sketch's mum that's shouting on them and they need some help in the loo. This series, this second series of Skins, is 
100% obsessed with toilet. Yeah, I noticed that. There seems to be a lot of toilet action. There's a lot of toilet action in this episode later on. Very peculiar. And it turns out that Sketch has been telling their mum uh, that they're dating Maxie. Which is a lie. Lies of Manelli. So we get this clip of Maxie and Sketch in the school play, uh, which is Osama the Musical, a 9-11 play with songs. I did meant to, to look up who actually wrote these songs. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were that bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a pretty questionable and sort of near the knuckle joke. And not that long after 9-11. Not that long after 9-11. And it's, uh, I remember sort of cringing when I saw it the first time. Another thing from Skins that I don't know if you'd get away with now. Yeah, there's a type of glib quality that you can you, you can get away with and Skins really walks right up the line with this stuff and I, I don't think it pays off. I Every don't... time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did kind of put in my notes for this bit that when Maxie and Sketch are singing together, Maxie is so pretty. Like, I'm not, I don't fancy Maxie, but there's something just spectacularly pretty about his face. Very angelic. Like, he looks like he belongs in a boy band. Sorry, I sound like Louis Walsh, but he does look like he belongs in a boy band. Um, I wonder if this was on his audition reel for Britannia High. That's, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was. He's not a bad singer either. And Sketch can carry a tune as well. Well, I've got something to say on that later, <laughs> but uh, let's, let's hold our horses for now. Um, but it turns out that Sketch is not actually in the show. They're the sort of techie person, kind of uh, playing about in the rigging. I, I think specifically a lighting technician, considering that's where they're... That's where they're at. Well, yes, yes. I didn't go to school for technicianing. And Maxie is actually playing opposite Michelle uh, in the kind of lead lead female role for this play. Their teacher, Bruce, is played by Shane Ritchie, who is a very good Skins adult. Like, almost the perfect vibe for a Skins adult, I would say. Uh, well, in terms of casting for this particular character. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane Ritchie wearing sort of thigh-high boots and a scarf as the sort of drama teacher. Um, just playing a very good part. Have to say, weird crush on Shane Ritchie. Different strokes for different Do you folks. feel it? Do you I, feel it? I can't say that I do, and I'm especially appalled given this character's behaviour because to demonstrate the, the sort of passion that he wants in the scene, he goes right up and he snogs Michelle. Uh, don't be appalled. Like, I didn't say I, you know, was going to marry him. No, I'm, appalled, I'm appalled at his behaviour. Oh, okay, yes, it is appalling. So he goes up and snogs Michelle, kind of show Maxie how to play the part, uh, and it is gross. Just kind of checking in on our other characters, uh, Sid and Chris are there painting scenery. Jal is in the band, and Tony's also there, kind of watching Michelle play this role. And I think there's something about Tony, something quite interesting about Tony having to watch Michelle kiss Maxie, mm -hmm. especially given what happened last series. Yeah. We have to note as well, Jalice in the band playing clarinet, thank you, because she is, after all, in the running for Young Musician of the Year. Was, I think we Was. need to uh, <laughs> be clear. The, I did put in my notes, bless her, that Michelle is no Beyonce, as you said. Um, she gave it a good go. She certainly tried. And Sketch ends up dropping a lighting rig 
um, that almost hits Michelle when she's about to kiss Maxie. Yeah, it is a bit ambiguous as to whether Sketch drops it deliberately or whether it's an accident. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. I think they absolutely do it on purpose. I mean, spoiler alert, but Sketch does poison Michelle later. So um, I think we're being set up to maybe see Sketch as a slightly sketchy character already. Yeah, it it does remind me a bit of Carrie this moment as well. Yeah, it is very Carrie. I was thinking about that. And I think Skins does have a relationship, less of a sort of tangible and obvious relationship than other teen dramas, but it does have a relationship to other media for sort of high school movies and stuff like that. So Maxi is by his locker, and it turns out that somebody has left him a present, which is like an Oscar with sweeties in it. Which is quite a sweet touch I think. (laughs) No pun intended, but it's of all of all things to leave in the locker. How did it, how did, well, we see later on that Sketch can break into people's houses, so I'm not going to ask how they got it in, but um, yeah, it's quite a kind of thoughtful present and quite a, where did that come from? And particularly because Sketch, you know, as we know, doesn't have that much money, Um, but Sketch is hiding inside a locker watching Maxi as he chats with his pals and and talks about who's left in this present. Maxie assumes that it's a boy, and then Sketch is gutted to see that Maxie's thrown the present away. He didn't even eat the sweets before he threw it away. I know, what a waste, what a waste. Uh, so Sketch picks up a flyer for a party um, that Maxie, Sid and Anwar are going to, and it does turn out that this party is like for the cast and crew of the play, and it's sort of... It just sort of speaks to to how invisible Sketch is to everyone, that they haven't been invited. Yeah, but then again, it does appear to be at Shane Ritchie's house. Yes, Uh, which is a bit weird. Uh So when they all go to the party, it turns out it's a fancy dress party. Jal, you pointed out, is dressed as... Well, it took, it took, um, uh, I said to Michael, do you realise who <laughs> Jal is supposed to be here? And I didn't, I didn't. And Michael was like, uh, kind of a silver wig. <laughs> like, but she, Was it Emma Peel, he said? It's uh, Halle Berry's Storm. Well, I did get, I did say Catwoman, who was also played by Halle Berry around that time, so I think Did she point... have a silver wig? I think not. <laughs> Um, we have a, a range of different costumes here. Michelle is a princess. Leia. Um, Sid is like a Spartan. Who else have we got? Anwar is dressed as like Rambo or sort oh, of a yeah. commando. And Chris arrives as Driving Miss Daisy. With posh Kenneth in tow. And it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Also, what a weird joke. Like, like they made that... It's That joke reminded me of... Remember the weird horse joke in the Russian episode? Like where yeah. clearly they had to bring a horse on set. For this joke about driving Miss Daisy, which is not really that funny and doesn't give us that much, although I do have something on that after this point, but um, they've had to dress Chris up as driving Miss Daisy. They've had to bring Posh Kenneth in with like a sort of horse and cart moment. It just, mm. there's a lot of setup for not much payoff, but I think there is a lot of Chris in these episodes and I think we're being sort of reminded every single episode of how much we like Chris and how funny he is and what an important presence he is in everyone's lives. Yeah. Um, I wonder why. Hmm. We also get uh, emerging um, from behind a corner in my outfit of the week. 
have <laughs> Sketch, who has dressed for this costume party as Hannibal Lecter. What a weird character this is. <laughs> Let's talk about that later, though, and like what, what they were trying to do here and what happened. So when they get into the party, Tony is dressed as Luke Skywalker, and Abigail, it turns out, has told... Tony that she's his girlfriend uh, and she's dressed as Princess Leia as well as Michelle. We then get a little joke from Anwar who points out that um, Luke and Leia are brother and sister, which I think is a joke in Mean Girls or in... Oh no, it's in Buffy. Oh yeah. That's um, an interesting thing because I think next episode is very Buffy, but let's talk about that next episode. Put a pin in that, but again, we have some more weird incest stuff with Tony. Oh, yes. and yes. Uh, well, specifically with Tony, so and and Abigail, who had yeah. weird incest stuff going on. That's that's fascinating. So sketch at the party begs Bruce, who's played by Shane Ritchie, for Michelle's part, and he tells sketch that they're too ugly to be the lead in the play. Um, that ugly people lack believability. Which is not very nice. It's not very nice and not very appropriate to say to your student. At the party, Michelle ends up dancing with Bruce, who clearly has kind of eyes for her, um, to make Tony jealous. Yuck, Michelle. Like, <laughs> let's not do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is something very interesting about Michelle as a character who is sort of in control of her own sexuality and often uses her sexuality as a weapon or as a as a it's it's part of her way of moving through the world yeah um it's something in her armory and i do think that's interesting um even though this is obviously gross yeah speaking of gross and kind of off the back of um bruce's comments about sketch's appearance there's a conversation between Maxi and Anwar, which is about how uh, how Anwar has a, a, a technique for, for being able to pick up someone by aiming like two points below. So he says, well, if you're a seven, then you aim for a five. And then it kind of gets into this conversation of, right, oh, well, Maxi agrees that Anwar is a seven, so they're going to look for a five. Mm. Um and they settle on sketch. And I'm just a bit like, I, like, I know that this was the kind of conversation that boys at the time were having. I think this conversation that boys at the, now are having. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's still, I don't know, it just doesn't really sit right when you've got, you know, a, mm. young, a young teenage actor that's playing a character that is being described as, as unattractive. Yes. And that that is such a significant part of... Sketch is very sort of TV unattractive, though. Yeah. Like, they're actually quite, you know, cute as a as a person, mm -hmm. but they've been dressed so weird and mm -hmm. they act so weird that, that it makes them less attractive. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a hilarious mix-up where Sketch thinks Maxi is asking them out, and when it turns out that he's trying to set Sketch up with Anwar, Sketch sort of turns Anwar down and leaves. Poor Anwar. Poor bloody Anwar. But then again, serves him right for serves having right a for disgusting... Being yeah. <laughs> so we get this little scene of Sketch hiding in the in a sort of cupboard, drinking beer. I think this is supposed to be the kitchen, but all the lights are off. Mm. Um, but they're hiding in this sort of cupboard when Tony and Michelle come in. And there's some boring Tony and Michelle drama. I, got, I, I, I sort of tuned out at this, at this point. It's but... quite... It moves things along a bit because it, it kind of tells us like how it 
it moves things along, but it also moves things backwards because we know how far Michelle had come at the end of last series. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, because she can't have Tony or she can't have Tony as he was, she wants him again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this weird little moment where it's kind of fairy tale like where Michelle tries to bring Tony back with a kiss mm-hmm. and then she kind of takes her top off and she's trying to get it on with him but he can't get hard, mm-hmm. which is, you know, quite an interesting thing. But also there's sort of strange dynamics going on with this relationship. Yeah, and because it's a, a, a I guess you could call it a B-plot in this episode, mm. it just, it feels weirdly paced and sort of out of place, I think. I think that's where we are with this series. I think last series was so focused on, you know, each episode was so focused on an individual character that I think this series is, you know, the, the episodes haven't, like there was Tony and Maxi, and arguably this this episode is sketch and maxi yeah so there's Um, more plates spinning at the minute there's a lot of plates spinning and they're also pushing a lot of the kind of i don't i'm saying soapier elements but i don't mean that in a derogative way there's nothing wrong with soap like the sort of continuing drama of it um and and sometimes it does slightly get in the way of what I really like about Skins. I'll Mm. say it that way. It's not a a big problem or anything. Yeah. So Tony then leaves. And probably my favourite moment in the episode. Yes. (laughs) April Pearson's delivery of when she discovers Sketch is hiding underneath the bench. She says, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Another instance, though, of... I mean, Sketch literally almost killed Michelle earlier. (laughs) And Michelle still doesn't know who they are. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, you can see why Sketch maybe is the way they are, why they're so strange and have no social skills. And you wonder which came first. Yeah, well, that's the thing is it kind of plays on both Sketch's, like, invisibility to the characters, but also to Michelle's, like, obliviousness and being wrapped up in her own self. Yeah. Um... I did kind of think that Sketch was kind of living vicariously through Michelle at this point. Mm. We know that Sketch wants a boyfriend and and Michelle has a lot of boy drama going on. And it's quite interesting. Um, I did put in my notes as well that Sketch has quite a creepy wee voice. Um, It's kind of childish. Yeah, and I think the fact that they're speaking with this Welsh accent, which makes them other than the rest of the characters mm. as well, it's like another uh, you know, another way in which Sketch is different from this circle of friends. They yeah. have literally a, a different accent. Um, and it has that sort of sing-song quality as well. So Sketch heads home from this party, but on the way they break into Maxie's house uh, and break into Maxie's room. Oh, the other MVP of this episode in terms of humour is Maxie's dad's dog. Who's called Taz. Who's called Taz. Just in this scene, is very funny. So Sketch breaks into Maxie's room and is touching all of his stuff, like smelling his shirts. I think they sort of steal one of his shirts and yeah. put it on. Uh, and then lying on his bed for a Tommy Tank. Oh. Um, and this scene went on a long time and it was quite uncomfortable to watch. I think it's supposed to be uncomfortable, 
But it's so, so strange. Yeah. It's so odd. But then, uh-oh, Maxie comes home. So Sketch hides under his bed for the whole night, apparently. Mm-hmm. And watches Maxie get undressed, but accidentally loses a hair clip in the process. Yes. So the next morning, Sketch is watching Maxie get dressed, and they know Maxie's routine from having kind of memorised it, having watched Maxie through the window all this time. Uh, and that's when he finds this hair clip on mm. the floor. Yeah. I, another thing that I thought was a bit strange was the decision for them to go with uh, Sketch actually saying, you know, deodorant, look in the mirror. That, like, mm. they were actually vocalising it rather than it being like a voiceover or something. But we do... It's in that skin's way of where the episode is kind of focalised through Sketch. Yeah. So we see moments where, like... Sketches singing and stuff like that, which is not really happening. Yeah. So I wonder whether we're supposed to believe that some of this stuff that Sketch is saying out loud is actually not being said out loud in the real world. Yeah, and maybe the idea of, like, Maxie wouldn't hear them anyway. Mm. So. Mm. Well, nobody notices them because they're just invisible. So when Sketch finally gets home, their mum is shouting on them and she's fallen over and wet herself. Mm-hmm. And you get a real sense that like, so Sketch is this young carer for their mum and you get a real sense of how difficult this is. Yeah. And I think that is quite an interesting thing to show. Young carers do a very difficult job and it's, yeah. it, and you know, do incredible work. But I think we often see them through this lens of of almost kind of martyrdom or they're quite kind of sanctified that it is nice to see the humanity and the kind of struggle of that and how difficult it is yeah it's an awkward thing in this episode because it this aspect of sketch in their life is thrown into this bubbling cauldron of all this other stuff that's going on and it gives some of the some of the scenes where Sketch is caring for their their mum, like this kind of disturbing undertone. Yes. Which... I mean, again, there's a kind of carry element to it um, in some senses. Like, the mum always sort of being in the house, never leaving the house, and the mum always being in the kind of nighty, sort of long nighty thing. There is something unusual about it although i will say that jack thorne is a disabled writer and has a real commitment to representing disability on television or or in in his work and representing it in a really nuanced you know no holds barred way and i did think that stuff was really good in this episode yeah so at school sketch ends up accusing bruce of kissing her uh, and touching her at the party. And it's clear contextually as well that um, these are false allegations from Sketch. Yeah. Uh, Although I did laugh, I know it's problematic, but I did laugh when Sketch says, he said I had little tits. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> Like a boy? Yeah. Which is interesting, interesting gender stuff going on. Uh, so Sketch is talking to the other Welsh other in uh, skins, <laughs> Doug. Our first sighting of Doug this series, is it? Uh, so Bruce is sacked from the college and is taken out by the police incredibly quickly, it would seem. While Sketch looks on menacingly from 
the the windowed corridor. Yeah. So in the next scene where they're kind of sitting outside the college gossiping about what's happened with Bruce, it, in a very realistic way, I would say, this is how mm-hmm. we would talk about scandal at school, I would say. Chris notably is wearing my outfit of the week, which is a black and pink tiger print sort of tiger skin print top carol baskin style top another black and pink moment i i think i'm gonna have to retire my black and pink theory because everyone's yeah. at it now no so. well i think that's it isn't it like black and pink was tony and michelle last season but now everyone <laughs> can be black and pink comrade chris <laughs> yeah. take the means of the black and pink back <laughs> and michelle is being really nice to sketch and invite and invites sketch to come and sit with them Uh, Michelle again somebody who has used her sexuality and has weaponized it and had it weaponized against her I think seeing something in sketch with this Mm. uh, and offering a bit of an olive branch there's that but I think there's also a little bit of a clueless or Emma vibe to Michelle wanting to take sketch under her wing Mm. um it's quite interesting, though. Yeah. I liked it. Um, and in this scene, Maxie sees that Sketch is wearing the other uh, version of the clip that he found in his bedroom. He's not just a hat rack, is that, Maxie? He's <laughs> well, scooby doo it out. I didn't know how he put two and two together, because would you not just think, oh, weird that like Sketch's <clears throat> other clip got stuck to my costume, or weird that Sketch is wearing... I mean, it's not a particularly notable clip. Yeah, but he also notices the, the... great big massive fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> the like least conspicuous thing hanging out of Sketch's mm. bag. So Maxi storms his way uh, back to the council estate where both he and, and Sketch live. He rocks up to the door of the of the place where Sketch stays and phones in on the secure entry system, um, which has a sort of video monitor thing and uh, ends up speaking to Sketch's mum. Mm-hmm. So yes, Sketch's mum kind of finds out everything that's happened. Sketch's mum says, oh, are you the Maxie that's that's dating Lucy? And Maxie kind of puts two and two together, realises the extent of um, Sketch. Sketch's obsession, and obviously fills Sketch's mum in. Mm. Because when Sketch gets home, mum confronts them. So Sketch ties their mum to the bed? Yeah. And leaves to go to the play. Which again is Carrie, isn't it? Yeah, like it's Carrie. Carrie incapacitates. In yeah. Oh, or, or no, no, it? no. Carrie like incapacitates her mum so that she can go to. Ah, so the she prom. does. Yeah. That's interesting. The other thing that happens in this scene is that Sketch grabs a bunch of their mum's pills and says that they're not allowed many of the pills because the pills make make you sick if you take too many. Is this Chekhov's pill bottle? Chekhov's pill bottle. When will it go off? Not very long. So Chris and Sid are heading into the... to see the musical together. Uh, Another instance of Chris loving the magic of the stage in the way that he loved the choir last series. I like this character. Yeah, his his reactions are, are pretty priceless. He loves it. He's really excited. So backstage, Sketch is helping Michelle get dressed. And because Michelle's nervous, they give her some of their mum's pills to chill her out. And obviously that makes Michelle sick. Another instance of Michelle vomiting. Yes, Michelle vomiting and more sort of toilet action uh, for this series. When Sketch says 
to Doug that they know all the words to the musical. Um, Michelle realises straight away what, what they were up to, what they were at. Yeah, but Doug doesn't seem to appreciate this or understand or get clued into what's going on and sends Sketch on in Michelle's place. So Chris and Sid are in the audience and getting very restless because, as we know, Chris is very excited. Uh, I love this line of, if Rome won't go to Mohammed, the Mohammed will clap until it does. And Chris does the sort of slow clapping thing to get the play started. And it works. I think we probably see more of this musical than we should. But it's quite good and it's it's a lot of fun. It's very Skins. I was loving it almost as much as Chris was. I can't say that I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I felt a bit more like... Jal looking surly in the band. I love this. I did have this in my notes somewhere of, you know, Jal went from Young Musician of the Year, hopeful, <laughs> to playing in Osama the Musical with a styrofoam skyscraper on her head in this episode. <laughs> what a come down. What a, yeah, that everybody's having a fall from grace this series. <laughs> and I think Jal in particular is suffering from it. I did think that this uh, sort of first moment, particularly of, uh, Maxi and Sketch singing is another instance of this queer performativity mm. that comes up with Maxi, and there is an element of queer performativity in Sketch. Of yeah. Sketch, kind of performing gender yeah. in in this episode and in this in this this play too. Maxi is really annoyed when they see Sketch come on stage. Obviously, as you would be, given that he realizes everything that's going on. Yes. Back in the bathroom, Tony and Michelle are having a bit of a moment again. More Tony and Michelle. I like this thing of uh, them talking through the toilet cubicle wall, sort of not looking at each other, so they can mm. say what they really mean for the first time again. Mm-hmm. And Tony says, Tony has kind of remembered or realised or worked out that he told Michelle he loved her before he was hit by the bus last series. I just felt so sad for them both in this scene. They just seem so lost. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's difficult to tell, isn't it, whether you want those crazy kids to get it together or whether you want them both to just move on from each other. Oh, I absolutely want them to move on from (laughs) each other. But I also want them to be in each other's lives because I think... When they're not a couple, they could be good for each other. Yeah. So backstage, in between numbers, Maxi is really mad at Sketch and confronts them um, and says, I'm gay. And and Sketch is sort of pleading and saying, you could love me, we could love each other. Oh. It's so hard. Also, this, this really emotional moment in Skins, in a very Skins fashion, is interrupted by a guy dressed as a bagel who goes on to sing a song about being a bagel, which is just... <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, just the the scope of this episode is is something else. Like it feels like a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Although there's another echo of that kind of fairy tale or the sort of dark inversion of that fairy tale, um, where Sketch says, "When you kiss me, everything will change." Hmm. Um, and it, you know, there is a lot that didn't work for me about this episode, but there is also a lot to like. Yeah, there are a few kind of little flourishes and nuances like that, which um, are impressive. Sketch, it turns out, is a much better singer than Michelle, and it did make me question how Michelle got the part in the first place. I know we found out from Bruce earlier that it's basically because he had the hearts for Michelle. And arguably, Sketch did everybody a favour by getting Bruce sacked. 
But um, yeah, it's a very, you do kind of wonder what was going on there. And then they have their big kiss scene. On stage. Yep. And Maxie says he felt nothing. And Sketch is gutted and kind of kicks off, basically. It's, yeah, so this whole exchange happening on stage. And of course, the audience thinks that it's part of the performance. Well, Chris does. And he's loving it. (laughs) Um, This moment that really I did find myself questioning questioning is um, Maxie said, you think you can fuck my life up and I'll stop fancying you? And I don't know how much of Maxie's life Sketch fucked up. Uh, well, Sketch did break into his house. Yes, <laughs> and was stalking him. <laughs> and was stalking him, taking photographs of him without his consent. But does the... he know that? Is that conf- oh, he does know that because he saw the great big camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, we didn't see the conversation that Maxie had with Sketch's mum, but true. You you know, it seems that maybe some more stuff has come out from that. I would argue if anybody has, if anybody. If anybody is being fucked over by Sketch, it's Michelle who's been literally fucking poisoned and is spewing her guts up in the toilet. But there we go. Well, Sketch is a badgin and a troublegin. Yeah. Yes. So. so Sketch goes back home uh, and gets dressed in a, a black dress and then frees their mum. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure what this black dress moment was. I think it was... Oh, it was it, yeah, it for was the next do, scene, wasn't it? Yeah, so earlier we had seen Sketch um, putting on the binder and dressing in kind of shirt sleeves and braces and kind of expressing kind of a mask identity through how mm. they were dressing. That they're doing that for Maxie's benefit. Yes. And to be as close to it, the quote that Sketch says is being as close to a boy as as anything mm-hmm. and um, and yeah I think this black dress moment is now that Sketch has set their sights on on Anwar that they're kind of changing the way that they express themselves and their gender identity mm. their mum also I mean there's maybe a sense of like this is the only person I have to take care of me but their mum is kind of forgiving <laughs> or doesn't seem too phased about the fact that they've been tied to the fucking bed all night yeah, and says, oh, I've always thought you looked beautiful. And it's just a bit of a strange tone to this whole... Mm. A strange tone to this whole episode, but in this moment in particular, I think. Well, speaking of strange tones, uh, Sketch goes off to see Anwar, who wasn't at the play for some reason, even though most of his best pals were in it. Mm. And Anwar says, Maxi says you're a psycho, but Sketch is there to have sex with with Anwar, basically, mm-hmm. who, as we know, is sex mad. So they end up in Ma- in Anwar's bed having sex, and they look over to see a picture of Maxi and Anwar. It's the picture that Maxi drew. It's a photograph oh. of the picture that Maxi drew in the last series of Maxi and Anwar together. And Sketch touches Maxi's face uh, in that picture while them and Anwar are at it. So yeah. they've learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> so they've learned absolutely nothing. However, uh, we as an audience learned that Anwar likes to have, uh, likes to recite Hugh Grant's filmography um, <laughs> to, to to delay his climax. Um, but that is such a Skins joke. Such a Skins joke, but the whole punchline of it being that he gets to about a boy and that's ah, when he, and that's when he comes. I 
Um, Is that? And a better boy, of course, was Nicholas Holt's film debut. Yes, that's funny. I hadn't even thought about that. So, where do you stand on this episode? (sighs) Fucking hell. Mm. (laughs) I'll be honest, I found this episode kind of unpleasant to watch. Um, I overall, I, uh, there are a lot of problems with it and I, it did feel just a bit like a nightmare and maybe that's to the episode's credit because I think it was supposed to feel uneasy and uncomfortable and, mm. and like, but it, it, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. What do you think of the, um, the decision to sort of introduce an entirely new character into the dynamic in this second series. I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think mm. that's cool, but there was, I think, my overall impression of this episode and the idea of introducing uh, Sketch and everything that comes with them is that it's kind of over-ambitious. Like, yes. it, it, I, I feel like this is an example of Skins overreaching, and not quite, and kind of biting off a bit more than they can chew and 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 work into an episode in an entertaining and cohesive fashion. Yes, although I think I think as usual, when Skins slightly overreaches, that means that they do hit some really interesting points that I don't yeah. think a lot of dramas would. Um, my biggest. Jack Thorne is my golden boy. I do think he is a brilliant writer and he's written all of the best episodes of Skins so far. This one is not one of them for me. And as much as there are very interesting things in it, I think, oh, I hate to say this, this feels like gender or like feels like playing with like touching on trans stuff and non-binary stuff and gender by a cis man Mm. and a cis straight man. And I don't mean that in that kind of shitty all men are scum Mm -hmm. way of putting it. I mean, it feels slightly confused and it feels like like this is how a cis straight man experiences gender. Am I making sense? You're making sense. And again, I think it, it, it relates to what I was saying as well about understanding that there's things that, that teenagers of the time were experiencing and, you know, stuff that is obviously a concern for, for young people when that episode is, is being created. But the language and the like it just wasn't quite there it Mm -hmm. wasn't it was not quite the right moment for it i think there's something really interesting about a teenager sort of struggling to find their identity particularly when their identity is sort of by nature of being a young carer their identity is i am a young carer but i think because there was I mean, I was about to say so little trans representation at the time because there was no trans representation in Skins or on television at this point, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And particularly not of teenagers. Of teenagers. Then I think it makes it really difficult that this is the f- the first sort of thing we're touching on, this really confused person who doesn't quite know who they are. Yeah. I do think Skins gets that right later on. <laughs> and then proceed to drop the ball. But then gets hey, it wrong again. That's, that, that's a whole other story. We'll save yeah, that for See you in a three. couple of series. Yeah. But uh, overall then, how do you feel about the episode? Do you know what? Not I, a favourite. 
not a favourite, but I remember not liking it the first time round. The only thing I really remembered was the Sam of the Musical, obviously. And I do still get um, that song about... Oh, then the, came the day Osama blew us away. I, that, but I yeah. still get that stuck in my head sometimes. The same. So it, it's doing something, right? When I rewatched it, I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this. But talking about it now, I've talked myself around to thinking there was a lot more to it than I remembered there being. Okay. Uh, Fantastic. <laughs> a semi-noble failure. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, yeah. But also, again, Skins, when it overreaches, still manages to hit points and do things that other drama, never mind teen drama, never does. So we still love you, Skins, and we still love you, Jack Thorne. We sure do. Uh, Thanks for joining us this episode. Uh, What have we got lined up for next episode? Who is our character of the week? Our character is Sid. I'm sure it'll be quite the romp. Give us a like and a subscribe on... Uh, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on iTunes if you like and join us next week for a bit of Sid bye bye I pass you on the phone each morning I always gave a cheery smile but you you'll never weave a smile